Hey there, Warriors. What's up? It is Jeff from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 350. So this week, I'm going to step into my tactical time machine and take a trip to the future of military science. And I'm going to come back with eight tips that you can steal for your own survival gear plan. Check these out. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, welcome back everybody. This is Jeff Anderson, Executive Director of WarriorLife.com. And you know, as you probably know, our military is constantly in research and development mode. In fact, um, I was one of the first soldiers to be assigned to the reactivated 10th Mountain Division Rapid Deployment Unit. And one of our primary missions was to field test new gear for the military, as well as like new tactics they had going on. It was a cohort unit, which was a totally different concept that they hadn't been using before. There's a lot of stuff uh, really built kind of into the whole 10th Mountain reactivation. And I really learned a lot from the field tests that we did, uh, the different tactics that we use, especially as I went into other units after 10th Mountain and got to see how the rest of the Army played in the sandbox here. Um, but I've always kept an eye out for future technology because, as I often say in my workshops, I look at survival like a battlefield mission because during times of limited resources, it's people that can sometimes be your biggest threat. Uh, if it's a wide-scale crisis, um, unprepared refugees, rioters, looters, they're all an issue. And when it comes to true survival, even the average city folk that you have out there, your neighbors can transform into virtual animals who are going to do whatever it takes to keep themselves and their families going along. I mean, that's what you would do too. So when it comes to survival gear and strategies, if it's good enough for the military, it's good enough for me. And at least to give it a good look and see what's applicable. So the past few decades have been following the military's three-phase approach to research and development of the future battlefield soldier based upon lessons learned in actual battle. So this week I thought it would be helpful and kind of fun to show you a few of the developments from the current future warrior phase. This is the, we're going into the third phase here of their research and development program. And, uh, and go off of some of their directives and give you eight quick considerations for how these can be helpful for your own survival planning with technology that's available to you right now. Now, these are based on the prime directives of this portion of their, of their research and development under the ratio of weight, power, and support considerations, including gear that soldiers are going to have, power supply, and the number of personnel needed to carry out a specific mission and the support that they have there. So just like any human-based system that's out there, the more one person can do through either tech or systems, the more efficient and effective that system is going to be. So, for example, let's just go ahead and get started here. For weight, military realizes that a heavy soldier is a dead soldier. I mean, current soldiers have to carry, I mean, there's all kinds of gear, especially once you get on the battlefield and you're carrying uh, body armor with you now and you've got your weapon and you have all these different things. The current soldier has about 85 plus items that they carry on them. And it's about 122 pounds of gear. So the goal of the future warrior program is to reduce that weight by half. 
So tip number one here that I have for you that you can take out of this is number one, to eliminate unnecessary gear. So this is part of the whole military program, of course, is to look for how can we make things lighter? How can we um, like take stuff off of them that they're not using? And I can tell you that we carried a lot of stuff out into the field and on missions that we really didn't have to have, but they were re required based upon, sometimes based upon the mission and sometimes just, it was just too much stuff. It was just unnecessary. So the tip that you can take from this is to eliminate unnecessary gear. Most people's bug out bags are way too heavy. And that's because they're jammed with a lot of stupid gear. And people find this out the hard way because most people put their bug out bag together. They love the bigger it is, the better it is concept. And they've never had to actually carry their bug out bag anywhere from, you know, from their living room to the closet to stick it in there. Um, I promise you that if you've got too much unnecessary gear in there, especially if you're out of shape, then you're going to you're going to quickly find out that a lot of that stuff's just going to get tossed along the road. You're going to really realize what's what's important and what's not. So, um, I recommend that you really look at evaluating what's really essential and then also base it upon your kind of your capabilities. Like look, in the military, like I, we carried a lot of weight, especially in 10th Mountain. We carried a lot of weight with us, but we were pretty freaking hardcore too. Like we worked out a lot. We road marched every single week. Like we were designed to go into combat by our feet, carrying everything that we needed. And in my position, I was a forward observer um, with the infantry and long range, long range reconnaissance patrols. And so we had to, we sometimes had to march a long way. And once a year we would do a hundred mile road march. So we were in great condition for this. If unless you're used to walking a, a lot or can carrying a lot of stuff with you, um, trust me, you're going to have to really uh, nail things down there when it comes to what's necessary and what's not necessary. I have a video that we released on YouTube, and it's been getting a lot of uh, it's been getting a lot of great comments, but it's it's really been building up the number of views. Also, if you haven't checked that out, it's long; it's almost 45 minutes long. But if you want to know what the essentials are, I've got a 16 pound bug out bag, uh, the basics of it, and I show exactly what's inside of there, so you can check that out. I'll put that down in the show notes as well. All right, but tip number one here is to eliminate the unnecessary gear. That's something that the military is constantly uh, kind of going through. Uh, tip number two, based upon this, is their load distribution system. So this is a kind of a a gear specific thing that they've started doing, where they're distributing the load into. It's kind of like a battle belt in a way, but uh, it's part of a whole integrated system that the military is moving toward with carrying that gear with them to make it easier. So for you. How you carry your gear is critical. So first, for your bug out bag itself, one of the most important features is the waist belt. You want an ideal weight distribution ratio of weight between your hips and your shoulders and your back. So they're all working together. That's still going to give you maximum mobility, but it's also going to help distribute that load so that there's less fatigue. Now, you want most of that weight on your hips because that's going to center the weight around the center of gravity that you've got there. And it's also easier to carry that kind of using your legs and your hips like that. That's a more solid platform than your shoulders and your back. Even though you have a lot of muscles in your back, um, it can it's going to really wrench on your shoulders. Now, the, all of them work together. But this is why um, I tell people like one of the things about RX Bob is that I built in an extra wide bug out uh, or like a, a belt to go around there. And it's not super padded because I want this to be able to really sit on your waist 
and be able to conform to it. It's also got a 54-inch belt around it because I know a lot of people aren't in the greatest shape. So we've got a, a large belt around it, but it's that extra wide waist belt that really helps to carry the load. Um, so you want to make sure that your bug out bag has an extra wide waist belt. Unfortunately, most of the bug out bags that are out there, the, like the new ones that are putting out, they have horrible belt systems, horrible belt systems. They look tactical, but you're going to, if you try putting this thing on and carrying it, I, you're going to find out the hard way. It's just going to suck. So you want to make sure that you've got an extra wide waist belt to put that, to position that weight on your hips. All right. Uh, tip number three is the military is actually creating robots to help carry gear along with soldiers, like your own little kind of personal mule, if you will. And so how can you apply this to uh, your situation? I mean, if you could take one of those Roomba vacuum cleaner things that just kind of go, that would be kind of cool. Like just, that'd be kind of cool. But let's not wait for that kind of technology out there. Um, what you can do, there's a few different things here that I think are, are important takeaways for you. So one, if you do have problems carrying things around, is look for some kind of a carrier that you can use. For example, there are carriers that you can use for, they're actually mobile, like they'll, they'll fold up, but you can use them for games. So if you're a hunter, instead of carrying all that meat out of the woods with you, they have carriers with wheels that you can use that. Now for people who are older, for example, I tell them you can actually use a carrier like a like a shopping bag carrier that can be used for something. So that is one way that you can help distribute that weight and have something that you don't have to put it on your back. But the other thing here that I think is really important is that a lot of people who are into prepping are just prepping for themselves. Um, they're not really prepping for their whole family. So if you're a prepper you think you've got everything covered for your family. You might have that at home, right? Like you might have enough food stored away and things like that. But if you have to evacuate, everybody needs to have their own bug out bag in your family. One, because it's not like you're going to, if you've got a family of four, you're not going to carry the food for everybody out there. Or at least it's, it's going to be heavy on you if it is. So everybody should have their own bug out bag. Even the kiddos can use something like a sling pack. You know, we have a an everyday carry sling pack, our scram bag that works really well for kids. And so at least they can carry something with them. Maybe it's just some food with them. Survival food doesn't weigh that much, so they can carry some extra food with them. They can have a water bladder inside of it. So there's things that you can have in there that'll be really good for, uh, for anybody to be able to carry there. Also, the other factor is what if you and your spouse and your kids are all in different locations, but going back to the house isn't really an option. It's going to really hold you back. So everybody should have their bug out bags like in your vehicle. So if everybody has their own, if you have a rally point set up, if you can't make it back home because it's going to slow you down too much, you don't want to go back there and get all your gear if you have to evacuate and every you know time is of the essence. So this way, everybody has their bag. It's all in their vehicle or wherever you have it, and you're good to go. All right. Uh, tip number four here is that the future warrior of the military, they're trying to get the weapons to be half the weight. So for survival purposes, you know, concealment is key here. So I always tell people, like, I like 22 caliber revolvers because they're easy to conceal. The ammo doesn't really weigh anything. Um, it's still very effective for personal defense in a survival scenario. Is it the greatest? No. Like, of course, I would want a rifle. And, of course, an AR-15 is awesome to have, but you're not going to be walking down Main Street with it. So you're going to have to carry that thing, too. So for survival, a rifle is great. Now, the average AR-15 with a 16-inch barrel is about six and a half pounds. 
So this is why another option for you I love is the AR-7 rifle. It's much more concealable. Um, if you don't know about this, it used to be the uh, like the Air Force survival rifle. The it's made out of plastic, so it floats. I've done some videos on this. I've done some. Uh, I've done a recent podcast episode on these. I love the AR-7 rifle, and with a 16-inch barrel, it's only two and a half pounds. So that's even less than half of what the AR-15 would be. But it does give you better range than like the revolver pistol does. And again, the ammo is super lightweight, so you can carry more of it. It's less expensive. Actually, the AR-7 rifle, it's more expensive than it used to be. The first one I ever got was $150. I just saw one at a gun show a couple weekends ago that was $350. I should have bought the damn thing because it's my understanding that Henry Arms, that makes the AR-7, is no longer making them anymore. I find that really hard to believe. But that's what somebody told me. So I went ahead and bought some extra magazines for it so I could have those. But man, I should have bought that damn thing. I see them going for like five or $600 now on Ammo Broker. But you know, try and find, uh, if you can find an AR-7 rifle out there, if you already have one, go ahead and grab it if you can. I think that's a great way to follow the, the military's lead on cutting the size of your, uh, the weight of your weapons in half there. Okay. All right. So now power is another one of the future warrior programs concerns because on the battlefield, there aren't any plugs where you're going to be able to plug things in and really charge them out there. You can't really count on it, right? If you're in the middle of the desert or something like that or the jungle, um, I can tell you that batteries are very heavy. So radios in the military have come a long way than the Prick 77 that we had to use when I first went in. And uh, that was like World War. I mean, it was like, that was like Vietnam era type stuff. But um, batteries are heavy and you have to carry extra ones and then they run out of power. And then they're just a big block of nothing. And the future warriors are going to be very tech dependent. They have HUD systems where these drop down like visual consoles that you can like look at all different systems, monitoring and all kinds of stuff. And that, that's going to require power. So power is a huge issue for military going forward. Um, so they're trying to get more power output in a much smaller package so that Soldiers don't have they they can they keep everything powered up, but it's also not going to be very heavy. Now for you, a power grid failure will mean that there's nothing there to charge up your phone, your commo equipment, your radios, or any other electronics. So tip number five here is to think solar chargers. Um, one. Uh, you can you can use solar charges for batteries. I have a Goal Zero one that is set up. It'll it'll charge up batteries. I can I can charge up AA batteries. I can charge up AAA batteries, and those are really best I find for com, uh, communication equipment like two-way radios, uh, some handheld radios that you might have like an AM radio to stay up on the news and see if you can you can catch what's going on out there. Also, there are solar chargers that directly charge things like iPhones. They have a USB out output on them so you can you can you know some some you know phones are going to be able to be charged this way radios that you might have things like that so there are two a couple different types of solar chargers um, there actually i find that the one that i have I, mean, I just recommend that you have the more solar panels as possible i like the goal zero one that i have survival frog has one that has four panels on i don't rec always really recommend the ones with like the single panel one they're about the size of an iphone uh, it's just not enough solar cells for me to really kind of get maximum power out of it. So I recommend like the quad charger from 
from Survival Frog, or um, I do like the Goal Zero one also. Mine's kind of old. I'm not sure what they have out there right now, but it's still working, but I think they're probably much more efficient now. But anyway, you do need to think in terms of solar because you can't count on having plugs or electricity in a situation like that, right? All right, so uh, finally here, for mission support functions in the Future Warrior program, this can take into account an integrated communication system that they've got going on, even the number of personnel that are needed to carry out the mission. So all future soldiers are going to have integrated hookups with a main monitoring system back at headquarters where each soldier, well, and even with the soldiers themselves. So mission control knows where every soldier is. They monitor, like, their bio, you know, their, their heart rate. They'll be able to monitor all the basically the biology of somebody to know what their health concerns might be or if they're hurt, if they're injured. It's kind of like a video game. I mean, we're really going into video game territory with a lot of this stuff, like true Batman technology sort of stuff. Um, and even the the soldiers themselves are having these different systems set up that where they can help monitor each other. And in some cases, soldiers are being eliminated altogether to keep them out of danger's way where there's, you know, where a physical person isn't really needed anymore. So first, let's tackle, tackle communication because soldiers understand the importance of staying in contact with one another, both for like resupply, medical response if you're injured, and, uh, and also knowing where everyone else is so that you can coordinate movement better together as a unit. You can call for backup. You can avoid friendly kills. In fact, the very first step that we ever, that we this is programmed in us that whenever you take up a new position, your f- very first thing is to establish communication. Very first thing, because you might need backup, you might need medical a, a medevac, something like that. So, establishing camo is really really critical. Now, the future warrior program will be simplified with integrated microphones into the helmet system, so that soldiers don't have to use a microphone or hit press to talk on something. So. This keeps the hands free, but still allows everyone to stay in full contact and talk to one another. And most people don't understand your communication needs when it comes to a crisis. So tip number six here is that you need to have some form of two-way radio communication for other for communicating with others around you. Now, in a survival scenario, the dynamics can change suddenly, right? And you can't count on being within earshot of somebody that you're with, like a family member, or having your smartphone available because towers may be down. There might not be a signal out there. So at home, you can stay in contact locally and even around your home with a good two-way radio system, just a simple walkie-talkie system. If you're bugging out, you should look at a multi-vehicle approach if possible. So that way, if you have a multi-vehicle approach, you and your, you're in one vehicle, your spouse is in another vehicle. If one breaks down, you can move everything into another vehicle so you're not just dependent upon one vehicle. So it's backup transportation. You can carry more supplies with you that way. So if you both make it to your destination, you have more supplies that are with you. You can carry more there. And in this case, having independent communication is critical so that you can stay in touch with one another so that you I mean, you might not have those phones, right? So a simple two-way radio system can be super helpful. And, and I'm not talking about like one of those like $3 like SpongeBob walkie-talkies that your kids have or anything. So you want to get a good quality two-way radio system. Also, some come with really good microphone systems that allow you to put it around your ear so that you don't have to hold a microphone in your hand. A lot of um, Some of them now are voice activated, so you don't have to press to talk. They just you start talking and they just start picking it up. So those are kind of the things that the military is doing already in, in a lot of cases. And so you don't have to 
um, you're gonna you're gonna be able to have that same kind of technology. Also, some of them have like an alarm signal that allows for like quick call for backup or other prearranged signal that you might have. I mean, you can go super nerdy with these things. Also, you can get like if you're into ham radios or uh, Bofang uh, radios, you can really you can get nerdy with these things. So. Um, also for the future, soldier systems will also integrate video screens with multiple sources for a better picture of where the enemy is and the safest, mes- safest methods of response. So for you, how you, how you can use this, one is to have CCTV cameras, closed circuit uh, television cameras installed around your home. Now, nowadays, you don't need to wire anything. They're wireless now. Um, this allows you to really kind of monitor around your home and even have signals set up. I have mine so that it, it'll go right to my, my watch actually. But you can have, if, if you do have a signal where you can have this integrated with Wi-Fi, this is going to help you to go ahead and monitor areas around your home. Even if you're alone, you can look at, you can basically cover a 360 degree view around your home with this. We talked about this during the, uh, the mob defense fast class. Also think about outdoor cameras, super easy to do. Uh, a friend of mine, He's kind of living a little bit off the grid right now, has cameras throughout his property and had some knuckleheads on there that were on, that kind of walked onto his property. They were poaching, poaching game on there. And he had a, he has a lot of these systems now have speakers in them. And he just, he, uh, he just called out to them, scared the hell out of them. They probably thought it was like God coming down from above and just calling out to them. But you know, he told them, like, I've got my crosshairs on you. I can't see God having this crosshair. Eh, who knows, right? But uh, got my crosshairs on. You guys better, like, hightail it out of here. And sure enough, they got off property. But even outdoor cameras are going to give you a really good chance also. Uh, and finally, tip number eight is your your own UAV. So the military has a heavy, heavy future reliance on unarmed aerial vehicles or UAVs um, out there. So looking at your home security plan for survival purposes, we've talked about a phased approach that can go even beyond your property line. So if you have like a survival team scenario or a neighborhood defense plan that you can put into place, this is going to push your ability to detect threats much further out than even your own property line. And so I, with these unarmed aerial vehicles, essentially we're talking about like drones. And all types of drones are being developed now for observation, intel collection, and attacks and things like that. So for you, a drone is not a bad thing to have for like a neighborhood defense plan or even for your own individual survive in place defense plan because you can just put this thing up vertically. You can take a look around using the camera there. It all integrates with, you know, you can have a receptive a reception camera or your phone or something like that. And it'll it'll transmit back to you and it'll allow you to really look around. So you can see things pretty far out there. And, uh, and really see what's going on. If you hear commotion happening rather than you going and figuring out what it is, you can put a drone out there and go check it out. Now, of course, you want to look at what your own limitations are in your area for these types of things. But if it's a no rule of law type scenario or things have gotten really kind of out of hand, eh, it's better to ask for forgiveness sometimes, right? So rather than permission. That's why I look at it anyway. So, but anyway, those are uh, those are eight things you can take from the Future Warrior program that I think are very helpful for your own survival planning as well. So, I'd like to hear from you. What are some other military style tactics, maybe even past, present, future, 
that you think are very helpful for survival plans. You can go ahead and leave a comment on our blog, whether you see this podcast episode here. And hey, if you're enjoying the podcast, head on over to wherever you're checking them out, over at iTunes or Stitcher. We're in a whole bunch of places. If you go to warriorlifepodcast.com, you'll see all the different places that you can listen to our podcast there. And hey, give us one of those fancy schmancy five-star ratings. Tell us how great we are. We'd love to get your comments. Love to hear what you like about the show. So go ahead and leave us a comment there, okay? All right, that wraps things up for this week. Stay tuned for next week. And until then, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.